The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west, and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south, and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility of Christ, here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gathered for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We invite your prayerful or material support, your written or emailed responses, your decisions about ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
may we pray. Almighty and everlasting God, increase in us the gifts of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain what you promise, make us love what you command. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Every one day carries an opportunity for affirmation. And every evening, the chance for contrition. And every morning, a song of thanksgiving. And every moment, the need for supplication. We pause now together as individually we lift in silence our prayers of confession, even as our choir sings our Kyrie. Let us pray. Beloved, let us be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven us. Hear the good news. If we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the book of Deuteronomy, chapters 34, verses 1 through 12. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Western Sea, the Negeb and the plain, that is the Valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as Zoar. The Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over there. Then Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab at the Lord's command. He was buried in a valley in the land of Moab opposite Beth Peor but no one knows his burial place to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His sight was unimpaired and his vigor had not abated. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the period of mourning for Moses was ended. Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom 
because Moses had laid his hands on him, and the Israelites obeyed him, doing as the Lord had commanded Moses. Never since has there arisen a prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unequaled for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land, and for all the mighty deeds and all the terrifying displays of power that Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in saying Psalm 90 with the antiphon. dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Turn us back to dust and say, turn back, you mortals. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, or like a watch in the night. You sweep them away, they are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. 
In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. Turn, O God, how long? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, so that we may rejoice and be glad in all our days. Make us glad as many days as you have afflicted us, and as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be manifest to your servants, and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of God, our God, be upon us, and prosper for us the work of our hands. O oh, prosper the work of our hands. rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of our gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 to 46. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David, by the spirit, calls him Lord, saying, the Lord is my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put my, your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare ask him any more questions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
be seated. Rolling down the ages, there cascades a gospel shout. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. St. Matthew, the evangelist, has found his passion. His view of the church is a higher view than many of us hold today. His view of the church includes its heart in lasting forgiveness, its soul in the presence of Christ, and its mind in discerning decision-making. He has found his passion. Matthew, who gathers as he goes through these chapters, these are autumnal teachings in 2011. He gathers every bit, every scrap, every verse, every jot and tittle he can find to bring the Jewish Jesus into the Greek world. He takes that traveling teaching document, we call it Q, and uses it, including here in the second part of our gospel reading, to share the good news of joy and holiness and love. He places the portraits of his Savior and ours among the common folk with harlots and publicans and sinners and brings us to his passion. The passion of St. Matthew the Evangelist is known in this theme. Matthew is an evangelist interested in expanding the divine circle of love and in expanding the circle of faith in the community of faith, seeking and saving the lost. He has his passion, and what about you? Where does your deep gladness meet the world's great need? Where is your almost self, your calling, your vocation? Since the year 90 in Matthew's writing, he has had help along the way in expanding the circle of love in the mystic poetry of Dionysus the Areopagite, in the archaeological collections of St. Helena, in the beauty and writing of St. Teresa of Avila, in the fecundity of Susanna Wesley, in the zeal of Sojourner Truth, in the passion for compassion of Jane Addams, in the tenacity of Francis Willard, who greets us in glass this morning. Oh, some men helped as well. The same passion shook Wesley from the Anglican tree and shipped Asbury across the sea and planted the gospel in a far country and saved the likes of you and me. Is it any wonder that more than any other gospel in the next four centuries, Matthew is most often cited? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, not just your head, with all your soul, not just yourself, with all your mind, not just your brain. These ancient words have profound contemporary meaning. They shape us. They name you as a person, a child of the living God. Some of you know our three-year-old granddaughter is sheepish around me, or was when she was three. And I left earlier one day, and she went to her grandma and said, Glamma, I'm looking for somebody. Excuse me? I'm wondering where somebody is. Jan didn't quite get it yet, but she said, can you tell me where I could find somebody? And Jan said, you mean Grandpa? And she said, yes, somebody. <laughs> it took a while, but I finally became somebody. <laughs> and you. Where is your passion? Where does your deep gladness meet the world's great need? These ancient words shape us if we will let them. Over against the demigods of time, 
and culture. Rationality is good, especially when contrasted with irrationality. Efficiency is good, especially when contrasted with inefficiency. But these words give you your own most self. They are the gospel, the love of God, heart, soul, mind. Cardia, we can use the original forms. We can hear it, can't we? Cardiac. Cardia, the center, the seat of the inner life, the center and seat of life itself, the basis for emotion and wish and longing, but also, in, in one sense, kind of like the conscience. You have heart, soul, tsuke, you can hear it, psychology, psychiatrist, psyche. Life is contrasted with what lacks life, breath, as when contrasted with what la lacks breath, that which is living and also that part of life that transcends the heavenly part, what we either save or lose day by day. You have soul, so also mind, maybe not quite as familiar, dianoia, that word speaking of intelligence, of understanding, uh, of knowledge, but more so of perception, apprehension, grasp, girding up the loins of the mind, says one scripture. Mind, you have mind. We might wonder why Matthew excised the last. We sing a hymn, give heart and soul and mind and strength. Mark has strength, but Matthew, 20 years later, leaves it aside. Why? Maybe as elsewhere, he is reshaping the portrait of Jesus diminishing just a little bit the prophetic and apocalyptic preacher so that Matthew, for his time, can lift up the master, the teacher, the rabbi. Speaking of his changes, look what Matthew's done here with David. Why, Matthew earlier will speak of the Davidic line, but here the contrast is between the Davidic lineage and the divine one, and of course, Matthew champions the latter. Matthew may have been a Jewish Christian, but you know, to be slightly provocative, we might note that the 27 books of the New Testament are all written in Greek, Koine Greek, and all of them arguably, including St. Matthew, may well have been written by Gentiles, except for those written by Paul, who was himself the apostle to the Gentile. We come to church on Sunday to be reminded of heart, soul, and mind, to love God with all. So we are gathered this Parents' Weekend. What a joy to see mothers and daughters arm in arm walking on Commonwealth, fathers and sons running along together and laughing, to see those gathered for donuts and tour and choir and organ concert and later concert too to experience that mystical interchange between one generation and another. It is a kind of sacramental weekend, year by year. It's a weekend of memory and of hope. For those of us who are longer in memory, it becomes one of those places where we recognize that time flies, ah no, time stays, we go. You know, you're reminded every now and then the parents among us will attest you are planning to be married, and as you do, you realize there are some things you didn't expect that come along, like uh, silverware and china and registry, and did I sign up for that? And the day, it's a day of darkness, not of light, when you move from age 29 to age 30. And also that a moment when the, uh, the convertible is traded in for the minivan, that's a turning. And also when you try to explain to your younger colleagues what a mimeograph machine was. <laughs> now that's archaeology. Or more lastingly, when you realize that the great reforms you hoped you might see in your own lifetime still lie a long way off and require the labors of another generation which we are generating together here and now, how I wish I had recorded 
the last day, I lifted my daughter and held her and hugged her, she who now has her own daughter. How I wish I had put in my journal the last day I lifted my son, who has his own son. How I wish I had named the day, it passes, you don't see it, when our youngest, when I was still strong enough and he was still small enough, I lifted him and held him high, now he who can lift me. We don't see, and yet time goes. So name it a parent's weekend desire as we move to the second of the great commands, to love the neighbor as the self, to reflect and to offer a little bit of worldly wisdom to define what it means to search for your passion in love in a campus community. We'll simply give you together, actually these words fit many generations, we'll give you six words for finding your passion on the college campus. One, study. Studying can be a very underrated part of the college experience. <laughs> But I encourage you to train yourself, discipline yourself, flog yourself, and force yourself to work a few hours of reading and study into every day. The benefits will accrue immediately. Your grades will improve, your exams will go better, you'll have something to say in class, your parents will be proud of you, and you may graduate. My friend Les found himself on probation in his freshman year until he met Diane. They went, of all places, bowling, and they clicked he said that Friday, can I see you Saturday night? She said, why, sure, come, we'll study together. He thought she was kidding, but he went dressed to the nines to her dorm, and there she was in jeans and a sweatshirt and a stack of books. And for the first time, Les darkened the door of the library. And over time, he squeaked through, so much so that just before marrying Diane, he went to Princeton Seminary, where he told me half his professors asked him, have you been born again? And the other half asked, are you in tune with the universe? And he answered yes to both. He said he died some years ago, but he was one of our best and finest. He said with a twinkle in his eye, I had never realized just how big a part of college life studying can be if you let it. Let the main thing be the main thing. Walk. You know, silence is hard to find among 600 others in your dorm and their stereos and all their interests. Boston is pedestrian heaven. With a good pair of shoes and a little time, you can scour the cradle of liberty to your lasting benefit. Take a walk. One advisor, one chaplain met with a young woman who came in. She was a leader in soccer and sailing club and student council. But she said, I'm so lonely. He said, you, you may want to be actually alone a little bit more. Take a walk every day. Let the imagination kindle. Let the memory come alive. Integration in learning requires meditation in life. Take a little walk every day. You'll be glad you did. No. Here is also an underrated word. Now, we're not being negative because every no is a yes. Every time you say no to something, you say yes to something else. And you will find your passion more quickly than in other areas, often where you say no, where the river of your life touches the boundary of your choice. Every river needs banks or it becomes a floodplain and a swamp. So when you say no to Drunkenness, you say yes to healthy life. When you say no to needless expenditure, you say yes to generosity. When you say no to religious discord, you say yes to a peaceful future. When you say no to flagrant abuse of the body, yours or others, you say yes to an open future of covenant and happiness. When you say no to one thing, you say yes to something else, and you can be negatively positive. Explore. In these years, you have more freedom, call it subsidized freedom, to explore than you will until retirement. Geography, history, culture are all open to you. So travel nationally and internationally. Read. 
You don't want to be stuck in the 21st century. That's why you came to college. Plumb the depths of Augustine and Dionysus and Amun of Nitria and all. Context is wonderful, but education requires distance from context. Travel and culture to geography and history and culture are all open to you. And there's one other we'll name today. Why would we not? As you grow, your conception of the divine will change. It needs to. No one has ever seen God. God is not a being among other beings. God is not a clockmaker, timekeeper, or designer. God is the ground of all being. In a similar college chapel, one preacher arrived to find a banner across the balcony that read, God is other people. And he dispensed with his prepared remarks to preach as he said, only about the comma. God is other comma people. You have a chance to explore now. Prize your time. Now you have it. Fun, all work and no play makes Bob a dull boy. So make a list of three things you enjoy. A movie, a game, a sport, a hand of bridge, and discipline yourself to feed yourself on a regular basis. And friend, These years allow the planting, the seed planting, for friendships that can last a whole life long. What a mystery, what a terror, what a wonder. You know the rhythms of friendship? Who begins and who ends? Who leads here and who follows there? Agreeing, disagreeing, making your first big mistake, talking about making your first big mistake, and maybe, just maybe, on the very edge, learning an experience that friendship requires a friend who is willing to risk the friendship for the sake of the friend. One woman who graduated from Smith College in 1914 corresponded every week with her roommate until they both died in autumn of 1988. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Study, walk, know, explore, fun, friend, friendship, beloved, Where is your passion? Where does your deep gladness meet the world's great need? Where is your calling, your vocation, your your own most soul and self? Where is Shelley, says, can you sing with him, the desire of the moth for the flame, of the night for the morrow, the devotion to something afar from the sphere of our sorrow. Cascading down through the ages, there rolls a gospel shout. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. As we come to our time of prayer, we invite you to sing the call to prayer, to stand, to kneel, or to pray as you are able.
In grateful response to God's endless bounty of grace, let us pray for the church, the world, and those in need. After each petition ends with, Lord, in your mercy, please respond, hear our prayer. Prayers come from Sundays and Seasons, a Lutheran worship resource. Heavenly Creator, you gave your people the law so that they might know how to live. Grant your church the faith and strength to live according to your law of love. Lord, in your mercy. You created the fruit-bearing tree, a model for the godly life. Give your people the wisdom to tend to all of creation, so that in its beauty and life, we might see a glimpse of your glory. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, you bid your people to live lives of justice and righteousness. Inspire the leaders of nations, states, and local communities to use their office not for personal gain, but in humble service to their neighbor. Lord, in your mercy. From generation to generation, you are the refuge of all who suffer. Hold in your care all who are poor, unemployed, or underemployed, homeless, and all who live without adequate medical care. Grant your healing mercies to all who are sick. Lord, in your mercy. In your love, gracious God, hold all who have died in you. Comfort all who mourn with the promise of your never-ending embrace. And give us the faith to look to your promised kingdom, where all will be given resurrection life. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, holy God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your abundant mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. With happy hearts as a people, happy in God, we pause to welcome our guests and visitors. You may be here for the first time. If so, know how glad we are you have come. Help us to get to know you by joining the congregation and the use of the uh, red pads on the, on the center aisle where we can learn one another's names so may, we may greet one another uh, personally. Today, one and all are invited to a luncheon our parents' weekend luncheon here in Barristers Hall. That is to my right, just over in the first floor of the law school. 
Students and parents and faculty and staff and administration and all are welcome to come. We hope you join us immediately following worship. We pause as well to notice with you the events coming on Alumni Weekend next weekend. They are many and they are uh, much to be uh, enjoyed and we hope that many of you will be able to come and enjoy them. We pause also uh, happily to welcome one of our newest colleagues, our University Lutheran Chaplain, the Reverend Cindy Jacobson, to our worship leadership today. We continue to worship together as the ushers wait upon us and we present our tithes and offerings.
Lord, we gather this morning brimming with passion and filled with your good gifts. We offer ourselves and them back to you. Unite our passions and gifts with the world's needs and use us to your service in the world. In your name we pray, amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs> 